0: Uh, The biggest final tip, and I mean, two different things. If you're looking to become an actual speaker, a paid speaker, because I do speaking engagements as well and trainings, branding, branding, branding and like looking for the opportunities, taking them. But the people can't book you or hire you if they don't know you speak and they can't book you or hire you if they don't know what you speak about. So on your personal pages, branding, branding, branding. For those who are just looking to get better at public speaking in general, there are, of course, you know, coaching is going to be key. And once again, the more confident you feel in your knowledge of the subject, the better it is. Now, if you feel like your knowledge is great, but you're just struggling to put the words together, then my biggest suggestion is to come see me. That's (laughs) going to be the biggest suggestion. Come see me. We literally work on how to format your word choice, the pauses, your facial expressions, to be able to get the impact that you're looking to get with your audience, whether it be an organization, your business, employees, interns, anything.
1: Welcome to another episode of Empower Her Money podcast. I am your host, Angela Duncan, speaker, best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, and we talk all things money and business. Today's episode is sponsored by freemoneytipsbook.com, freemoneytipsbook.com. Head over there, download your free ebook, Seven unshakable Tips to Get You Started on Your Financial Journey. Today's episode, I get to interview LaShandra Johnson with Pitch It!, 365 and she's going to tell you what the most important thing is you need to know when becoming a paid public speaker. Hello, LaShondra. Welcome to Empower Her Money podcast. How are you today?
0: I am blessed. How are you?
1: I'm doing amazing. Welcome to the podcast. I would love for you to kind of just start off, talk a little bit about your journey, your story, and kind of how you got to what you're doing today.
0: Oh, wow. You know, for me, I've always been like a super theatrical person. So growing up, I was always kind of pushed uh, into different things, whether it be plays or performing at church and eventually just led me to doing theater. And I love theater. I love being on stage. It, everything about talking for the most part came very naturally to me Mm -hmm. and I also started to compete in oratory competitions winning money for scholarships and college and all these different things what ends up happening of course is as I get to college and then I become a teacher I realize well other people struggle with public speaking that's not everyone's forte and i never looked at any of what i did as a gift it was just people would come up to me and say hey can you host this event or can you write a speech for me or can you look at this presentation and give me feedback and i'm like sure i'll I'll do it it's no problem it's it's as natural as breathing air so i started to coach teenagers and then adults later on their public speaking professionally once I started working in the school system in 2014 and really realizing that it wasn't being taught like it. And it's such a a lost art. A lot of opportunities I started to get had nothing to do with my resume, but just people liking how I presented myself in person. I would say the biggest shift for me with Pitch It also came Because of the fact that even though I was great with public speaking in certain a lot of areas, the biggest thing I struggle with a lot as a teenager and as a a woman as a person is like feeling secure in my own words which is weird, right? It's like, you know, you give me a script, I'm going to perform it. You tell me to to write about a specific subject I feel passionate about, I have it. But when it comes to certain aspects of like really understanding and knowing my voice, I realized that that had been such a struggle for me as a teenager, because, you know, you're told so much of, you're supposed to say this, don't speak like that, be prim, be proper. So As I've evolved as an adult and even as a coach, being more clear on my own voice has benefited me so that I'm not just coaching people on, you know, getting up there and speaking in a certain way, but being authentic in how they speak too.
1: That's awesome. I think I can count on one hand how many people I've met in my lifetime that say, they're naturally loving the stage and naturally wanting to talk. And, and that's not me. And that's why I do a podcast, because then I can make you talk and not myself. So mm-hmm. I love that part of your story, how you saw, you know, this is something that's a natural talent for you. People were asking you for help. And now you've kind of turned it around and made it into a business to where you can serve people and help them with your own natural abilities, too. So that's incredible.
0: Yes. Thank you. And it's, it's really, you know, a lot of times I think I, like, I I didn't look at speaking or coaching or any of those aspects as a gift because sometimes, you know, your gift uh, for others is like a kryptonite for you. Or sometimes it's like, I'm still working on me as well. I'm a coach who has a coach. I believe in always having someone to guide you to the next level. But I think the biggest thing is like, you never realize like the the things that seem so small to you are such a a blessing and a great thing that you can give back to the world.
1: Yeah, that's me with numbers. Numbers make sense and it seems like it's so easy, but then you realize not for other people if that's mm-hmm. not their talent or that's not their strength. Um so talk about you said that you were a teacher um during that period of your life, you know, what what were you thinking as far as your, your talents and what you were seeing around you that kind of led you into doing what you're doing today?
0: Oh, uh, I, what I noticed about teaching is I could build relationships really easily with my students. Like, really easily I built those relationships and it allowed me to teach them easier because if they like me as a person, and this is, you know, something that goes into my coaching as well, when we're thinking about public speaking, it's like ability. It's like they have to like you as a person to want to invest in learning from you or in having that. So I really learned the power of relationships during my time as a teacher. And also that certain structures, you know, as an individual, how what I need as an individual, cause staying in a classroom all day, from seven a.m. to two thirty-three, four p.m. I was like, "Oh, this doesn't work for me or my creative juices." Mm-hmm. So that was a a negative aspect that I learned. But everything else was relationships, the power of relationships, and um, how that really allowed me to see where my power was with my students
1: yeah and if you think about like just the visual part of a a classroom it's a box and Mm -hmm. so for people who like to be inside the box um versus you who is more creative and you're more of an outside of the box thinker i can see how that that could feel constraining too just from a physical aspect as well
0: absolutely like i remember you you ever seen that meme um of spongebob playing outside and it's uh, Squidward, and he's staring, watching SpongeBob and Patrick, and they're having fun. I, it was a meme that went viral on social media a few years ago, and I remember like this is me. This is this is how I feel like being in a box, and I, I literally am not a in the box person. I'm I'm big on authenticity. I'm big on how can we make who you are as a person work for the betterment of you in your life in all areas. So that was big.
1: Yeah. Talk about um, maybe some things that you teach um, people that you coach some easy to implement if you're scared of being on stage, but you need to be able to do a presentation, you know, what are some things that they can do to help prepare themselves? Uh, for me, for example, I'm still scared of getting on stage. I get nervous and I forget. I will forget my name unless you tell me like to remind myself to tell my name. Um, but what are some steps maybe or exercises that people can do to help them get ready to do something that is so, can be so fearful for somebody?
0: Uh, A few things. I mean, the first thing is, the more when it comes to confidence, the more you feel like you're prepared for something, the more confident you are in how you're going to do with it. And that's anything. So you know, studying whatever content you're supposed to present on, understanding the audience that you're going to present to, if, the, if you know who's going to be in that room and kind of knowing different things about them, you walk in, you feel prepared and then practicing what you're going to say, even in a networking situation. I tell my clients all the time, like you have to have your toolbox, right? A go-to hook that you can use, a, like why know why you're going in that room. So what is it that you're hoping to leave leave from that room with? And also knowing like, your story that you're going to you know tell or utilize. And those are like some of the biggest things when it comes to going in and feeling confident. And outside of that is really purposely putting yourself in uncomfortable positions. Like we do not grow by staying in our comfort zone. So I don't care if it's going live on Instagram or Facebook or purposely seeking out networking solutions and saying or situations and say I'm going to speak to at least one person or two people tonight and I'm going to make sure that I let them know this about my business or this about me and setting those goals, you know, it doesn't have to start off with, I'm going to go and do a TED talk. It, it can start with minute goals, but the more prepared you feel and the more you push and force yourself into certain situations, even small ones, step-by-step over time, you just get more comfortable with it.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. And you talked about that, like confidence, confidence coming from clarity. If you know what your message is and you're clear about what you want to deliver you're confident, you know, that. that's kind of like half the battle right there before you go step up on that stage. Um, you mentioned the word hook. So if the audience doesn't understand what a hook is when they're doing a presentation, um, what does that mean? And kind of give us some examples
0: a hook is whatever is going to grab your audience's attention so it could be a question it could be a statement it can be an opening line that's going to lead them into who you are as a person like the story that you're telling your why story of you know whatever it is so uh and it varies by scenario so you can have multiple hooks so for instance in a networking Scenario, you you want to come off more personable, more relatable. So what I like to do, and I give this example. Let's say I'm a chef. And normally, networking scenarios or situations, they might have some food somewhere. So you might have some food in your hand, and you're talking to someone. It's like, hey, how you doing? Oh yeah, I'm new here too. Yeah. And then take a bite of the food, right? Because you're trying to guide them where you want them to. So it's like, oh, oh, this cake is good, but I make better vanilla cake than this. I'm like, oh, you make cake. I do make cake. So now you've hooked them in like, and that's a natural networking one, figuring out a way to fit what you do naturally in it to where it's like, you're not selling yourself, but it makes sense in that moment. So like, a, that's a chef example. If you're doing an actual presentation, it all depends on the mood that you want to set, like. Maybe your presentation is lighthearted, you want to keep the audience laughing, so you start with a funny story and let that story kind of go into the problem that you're about to talk about and address with the audience on why they're actually there. This also can be a quote or a question, but you can watch a lot of times different TED Talks that do it very well when it comes to doing actual speeches and presentations. I always say storytelling is always one of the best ways to start in this day and age, just because of the simple fact that it's the number one seller. It's what commercials use and marketing. Everyone has a story because it's an emotional engagement strategy. And once you get people to emotionally engage and buy into what you're saying, you have them and you just have to lead them to where you want them to go with your words.
1: Yeah. And I've heard some different um, ideas around keeping the audience involved. You know, I heard one speaker talked about how they start from the back of the room to kind of just break up the monotony of maybe several speakers. Um, And then I've heard some speakers say not to use humor, but uh, for me, when I'm nervous, I'm going to tell a joke, like I'm going to use humor because I just want to feel a little bit lighter. What are your ideas on kind of how to either keep the audience engaged or maybe some things to stay away from when you're presenting so that they can kind of keep that in mind as well?
0: I say it all depends on the impact that you want to have on the audience, because if my brand is a serious brand, right, I could still start off a little bit funny, but move into the seriousness. But everything is all about how the main structure of how I engage with my audience is always based off of how do I want them to feel when they walk away from this presentation, do what emotion do I want them to feel? Do I want them to feel empowered? Cause that's going to control my facial expressions, my tone and inflection and my body language towards them. Do I want them to feel, you know, sad, you know, based off of the information sad enough to like, Oh my gosh, I, I are scared. Like, oh, this scared me. I'm not going to do this anymore. You know, when you think about even commercials, you know, they, the, the music that they use, the, the clothing, like, or the lighting that they use all of that has to go into your presentation. So, if your presentation is, most, is meant to be lighthearted, you might wear certain colors that are lighthearted. And when you're engaging with your audience, maybe you're telling lighthearted jokes, or your story in general is very lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as you using humor, humor has its place. Like, you can't make your whole thing into a whole stand up comedian act, but those moments of pause and moments of inflection can make things just a little bit funny to keep the mood light, or if it, the mood's been very dark, to kind of ease them out of it so that you can once again move them into the next direction. So, the only thing I would say avoid is avoid doing anything that's the opposite of what your intentions are. So if you're trying to be very serious, and this is a serious topic, and you make jokes the whole time, you're not going to probably hit the impact that you want. So going into any scenario, always know what you want the audience to feel and what your goal or mission is, because that has to guide everything that you do.
1: Yeah, I really like that too. So and engaging, Um, I think when you're up there to presenting, you can kind of see how the audience is reacting. So having the ability to be a little bit flexible and not so stuck to what you thought your presentation is going to look like. Absolutely. That, and that's a skill set someone's going to have to practice. They're not going to know how to do that right out of the gate.
0: Right. And that's why, so even though I said practice what you're going to say, this is where Improvisation or hiring coaches or someone comes in that's very pivotal because of the fact that I say, you cannot be married to whatever you wrote. You have to, at some point, stop looking at the papers and start to just speak authentically. You know what you're trying to say. So, even if the words seem different in that moment, that's completely fine. Be okay with that. Like the human brain is faulty. You might forget something. It's okay. Breathe, stretch, shake, let it go and continue on in the process. But you have to be able to pivot because anything could happen when you're presenting or even talking to anyone. A cell phone could go off. A dog could start barking. Babies cry. You spill something on your shirt. Literally, life is still going to continue to life. So being able to pivot and understand how to use those things to engage your audience as well. I've had presentations where someone's, you know, someone was talking a lot during the presentation. So I literally called on them and pulled them in to what I was saying. And I also made it a humorous moment, but I engaged with them and I had to use that moment as a part of my strategy. Otherwise, it could become a major distraction, whatever it was that they're doing, or people who might walk in late to the room and They're moving around, hustling and bustling. There are ways to still engage the audience, but that does have to be practiced and you have to get comfortable with it over time.
1: Yeah, Uh, you mentioned coaching. So obviously you're coaching, but you're also still being coached, which is amazing because that just provides so much opportunity for you and for your clients. How do you find a coach? What do you look for? What do you recommend to people when they're looking for a coach?
0: I always say like when you're looking for a coach, a mentor, one i like coaches who are coachable and that's just me personally i like and i like you to be deeply involved in what it is that you're doing so that i know that i'm learning from you and that you're in a different space or capacity than me so you may not necessarily be coaching me on public speaking but you could be coaching me on sales, marketing, you know, all of these different aspects of business because no one is 100% perfect. I take my clients through a SWOT analysis a lot of times to analyze where they are as individuals as well as with their business because this is, you know, you could be very strong in one area, but this might be a weakness that you need to actually work on. So then you look for people who you feel are great in that area, you could have three coaches and two mentors, and they all could work on different things that you feel you need better service or help with to get you to the next level in that area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people who are genuinely invested into your growth as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what exciting projects or what's in the future for you and for your company?
0: Ooh, so many different things. We're preparing for 2024 right now as we speak. So one of the things that I launched uh, end of last year was I started my cohort. And this is a group cohort where for six weeks, we focus on different strategies and tips and things to use to build, not just you as a public speaker in general, as far as like basic things, but we take it from just the basics to like, how do you actually put this into your business to engage your audience? in the different marketing things that you're doing and your social media presence and also being able to put yourself out there more. So we do go through that for six weeks. So I'm pushing that even more in 2024 as well as also every month I'm doing a live virtual training. So being able to come to that and that one is absolutely free. You come in, you get a chance to not only see the style that that I like to do, but I'm very interactive. So I'm not like sitting there talking the whole time. It's like, I'm explaining something for five or 10 minutes, and then we're jumping into activities. You're leaving with actual feedback. You're leaving with tips and strategies to actually be able to do on your own, or once again, you still have the option of coming to more trainings and and working with me. So my cohort is something I'm really super excited about. And also just doing these live trainings next year. I'm so excited uh, Mm -hmm. because we've been breaking down, you know, all the different juicy topics to take it to the next level.
1: Yeah, you get you get so like excited in that moment. So you can see your passion behind what you're doing because that that light that just comes over you when you start thinking about you know that specifically. Um, lives for me not fun. I, I you know recording's great because I can cut and edit or start over, but lives you know it's just it's it's a muscle that I'm still working on conditioning. <laughs>
0: Oh, listen, and you're like, let me say this, you're doing a great job because one of the steps and strategies is to stay consistently putting yourself in positions where you're uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. if, you, if you are uncomfortable outside of you saying it, I can't tell, you know, it's, you're doing it. You're doing it well. And that's all that matters. And sometimes, like you know, people will say, LaShonda, do you ever get nervous? And I'm like, if I'm going in front of a new group or a new audience, or I'm trying something new or a new strategy, like, yeah, like that's a human thing. Like you don't go through, I've been literally doing public speaking since I was a child. I've competed. I've done all of these things. You never get over a little bit of nerve, especially when you're talking to new people or there's higher stakes involved. That is a completely Human thing. The only thing you do is get better at being able to manage it and conquer it and push through even more.
1: Yeah, I think when you're nervous about something, it also means that you care. Because right. if you didn't care about the the delivery of your message, then you wouldn't be nervous about what you're going to say. But when you care about what you're going to be presenting or the people that you're presenting to, that's when you get you know a little bit nervous because you want to do good for that person or for that group that you're presenting to.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely,
1: yeah. good. I'm excited for you for your next year. I'm sure you're still full speed ahead. We got another month left in the year, but you know we talked about making sure people are planning still in December, um, right. but also planning for the time period ahead. So that's incredible too. Um, any last tips for anyone that is either thinking about becoming a speaker? or they have like a job that they're presenting at what other tips could you give just a final tip for the audience
0: oh uh the biggest final tip and i mean two different things if you're looking to become an actual speaker a paid speaker because i do speaking engagements as well and trainings branding 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 and like looking for the opportunities, taking them. But the people can't book you or hire you if they don't know you speak, and they can't book you or hire you if they don't know what you speak about. So on your personal pages, branding, branding, branding. For those who are just looking to get better at public speaking in general, there are, of course, you know, coaching is going to be key. And once again, the more confident you feel in your knowledge of the subject, the better it is. Now, if you feel like your knowledge is great, but you're just struggling to put the words together, then my biggest suggestion is to come see me. That's (laughs) going to be the biggest suggestion. Come see me. We literally work on how to format your word choice, the pauses, your facial expressions, to be able to get the impact that you're looking to get with your audience, whether it be an organization, your business, employees, interns, anything.
1: Gotcha. Awesome. Well, I'm going to shift gears here and ask you a fun question. Um, If you could have a superpower, what would it be and why?
0: Ooh, if I could have a superpower it would be, you know, I've always liked Mystique from the X-Men because Mm -hmm. she can literally shape shift into anything. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I like, I like that aspect, um, because I feel like that's how we have to be in life. Like we have to be, um, able to be molded and able to adapt, to mm-hmm. life very easily and able to shift into who we need to be to get certain things done. So mm-hmm. I would say that that would be one of them. If not, I mean, of course, flying. So I don't have to deal with traffic. But, you know, that that will be what I would go with.
1: Yeah. Living in Miami traffic is the worst.
0: <laughs> Absolute worst.
1: <laughs> awesome. So if our audience wanted to get in touch with you, learn more about the projects, things you're working on or hire you to help them become a better speaker, how do they reach you?
0: I Easy. Go to PitchIt365.com. You can book a free consultation with me um, and we can talk about where you are, whether it be for your organization as a whole, because we work with whole organizations and employees, or you as an individual, and what track to put you with. Is it one-on-one coaching? I have a self-paced course as well for individuals who may just want a little touch on their own time or the cohort. You can also follow PitchIt365 on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, I'm always dropping different to, um, different topics and I'm always dropping different tips uh, on things and I'm always looking for suggestions if there's a topic that you feel you're like I really am curious about this I don't have any problem touching on that topic and putting it up on social media so that those are the best ways to get in contact with me and we do answer dms so feel free to slide in them
1: <laughs> <laughs> you haven't quite got the ai completely on board to answer questions which is good because you're you're the expert so you want to be the one that's a- asking Or answering the questions and then perhaps doing a video so that other people who might have the same question could Mm -hmm. get the answer to that as well. Great. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on Empower Her Money Podcast today. I really appreciate your
0: time. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Mm
1: -hmm. Thank you so much for tuning into Empower Her Money Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe share this podcast and leave a review wherever you are tuning in.